Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 we are back. The PGA Championship, the Gialf Streets, the brand new, this is the first ever video in this brand new studio, as you see right here. A lot more to happen. Yellow wall behind me. Big old signs that we got in the mail right now coming. A lot more to be done with this studio, but this is the first look. Drove. 14, 1500 miles the last couple of days. We're ready to go for the PGA Championship. This is going to be the first video of the week. We're going to have a betting video. A top eight overall picks video will be coming out later in the week for the PGA Championship. And right now is going to be the preview. The preview for it. Looking at the entire salary ranges and early on where some of my early projections and some of the stuff that I'm looking at is going for me. So we're at Kaiwa, Kaiwa Islands. It's going to be the longest major in PGA history. Yalp history right now. Over 7,800 yards. Over 7,800 yards, a par 72. So yes, you're going to need distance. You can't be saying, oh, it's 75, 7,600. If you have dynamite, long irons, you can still get there. Sure, maybe, but when six holes over 500 yards, it's going to be very, very difficult to be in this thing if you can't drive. And then you're going to be seeing accuracy come into play as well. Now, the PGA Championship winner in the past year was Kyle Morikawa. He ended up winning. Now, Kyle Morikawa was somebody on a longer course, PGA Championship conditions. He had the long irons. He had those fire irons. You ended up seeing him driving the par four to kind of be that signature moment to win last year. I'm not sure if that same game pans out this time. I'm not sure how much in contention to win if you're talking outright bets and even just top five, top 10 finishes. Guys like a Patrick Reed are. Guys like a Webb Simpson are who really do struggle with distance. And those types of players can always get it going with the flat stick, with the irons. They can get you there if they can get extremely hot, gaining the four to five, six strokes putting that week. But that's not something we really want to rely on. Guys like Bryson are going to be standing out this week. Guys like Tony Finau, guys like Dustin Johnson and Rory, and these guys who have the distance on them. Go down a little bit more, and guys who are scorching hot like Sam Burns and some other players in that range are going to look better this week to me than similar, similar guys who rely on long irons and accurate iron play like Corey Connors. So that's just kind of the, the narrative early on is the driving distance here is going to fucking matter in the Yalf Street. So, ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 like, subscribe, do those things. Let's get into, let's get into the upper, the 8K and above range, and we'll start at the 10K plus range, where honestly this week... Yeah, there's some motherfucking guys down there that I like, but not a ton overall. The upper 7K range is somewhere where we're going to be seeing a lot of overall upside. And because of that, I'm not as enamored with this upper range. Now, as you can see right here, what we have on the screen is $9,500 and above from Brooks Kepko all the way up to the most expensive and co-favorite as it stands right now with Justin Thomas. Rory McIlroy, last time we saw him coming off of a win at the Wells Fargo, 12 to 1 right now. Now, I have no betting interest here, and you can see where my betting interest will be in the betting video, which will release later this week. Keep an eye out for it, as it might already be out there in the streets for you. In these upper 10K range, in this $9,500 and above range, yes, you're going to be seeing guys that I have a lot of interest in, more so edging towards the guys who have distance on them, guys who can get there, and also, obviously, these guys have to be in somewhat of form. If you're seeing guys that aren't as much in form in this range, you're probably mainly just looking at the 10K and above range. Dustin Johnson, of all people, right? the world's still number one ranked player in the world is the one who's out of form the most coming off of a 54th 48th miscut a 13th and a 48th in his last five finishes withdrew last week to prep for this week so dj he's nowhere near out of play obviously the number one player in the world and now you're actually getting a price discount on him not only in the betting markets but on DraftKings. dj who right now is easily a top five driver when it comes to distance in this field arguably top three you got bryson you got cam champ you have to account for then you got guys like the young studs wills Torres, rory around him so dj would be the one who looks the least appealing and he's gonna look the least appealing to everybody which makes him look pretty appealing to me when it comes to ownership but right now if i had to say where it's 
going with DJ, it's just kind of all over the place. Sometimes the putter's not there. Sometimes the approach play's not there. But the one thing that has been constantly there is the off the tee and gaining off the tee. So early on right now, for me, as you can see on the screen, he's a maybe. But just assuming that we don't get the ownership coming in on Dustin Johnson this week, I'm going to be going to a lot of single entry and three max tournaments with DJ. So up here in this $9,500 and above range, pick the guy that you like the most. And you'll see in my top eight golfer video coming out later this week who I do like the most. But right now, it's just a coin flip. All these guys are in good form besides DJ. You'll get the ownership and price discount on him. You're seeing Bryson come off a top 10. You're seeing Rory come off a win. You see John Rahm and, D and Justin Thomas continue to place highly week in and week out. Jordan Spieth playing the best golf arguably in his career over an eight to 10 week stretch when it comes to his approach play. It is comparable to what we saw five years ago out of Jordan Spieth. So in this range right now, if I had to rank it early on, I would rank it after we had this discussion right now, early on, I would rank it Bryson, John Rahm, and then Dustin Johnson in this upper range. And I think we're going to even get even more ownership discounts as the week goes on. So now as we approach this 9K range, a lot of things stand out. I already took Xander 24 to 1. I posted that one on Twitter. Xander is going to stand out from a betting market. He finally gets a little bit lower odds and we can finally jump on him. If we pull up right now where Xander has been currently and we pull up over on Fantasy National, you can see great stat site. I'll link it up down below. You can check them out. Fantasy National, you can see Xander continues to play very well. Obviously a quality off the tee player. We don't have to worry about distance as much with Xander because he's going to get you there off the tee. And he continues to play well, right? He's coming off of, I mean, he's basically with Xander every single week. You're basically getting a top 15 finish out of him. And at this current price point that he's at, we don't need him to win, but I do think the odds of 20 and 24 to one, depending on where you get it, are very solid. Everything is usually clicking with Xander. And if one thing is not clicking, it's not catastrophic for him. He rarely is going to blow up from putting. He's rarely going to blow up off the tee. He's just a very solid overall golfer. That's why he continuously is 16, 18, 12 to one. And depending on the field competition that he's in. But Xander right now for me, coming off of the third place at the Masters, back-to-back -back years of top three finishes and top five finishes at the Masters. I have Xander right now as a very strong option in the salary range. And as always, he is massively owned. And you're getting another pricing discount this week on Xander at 9,600 when he's normally like 98 or $10,000 or above. So in the 9K range right now, Xander is easily the best play and it might be ownership there. But pairing a Xander with a potentially lower owned Dustin Johnson. And also when you take into account everybody above the 10K range outside of Dustin, those guys we talked about is playing great. Maybe they all balance out each other's ownership. So you're not getting somebody extremely overowned. And if you do, just pivot elsewhere. Colin Morikawa, I'm barely still in on. Obviously won here last year, a fifth place at the PGA the year before that. He's been great here. Now you're getting a 7,800 yard course and you're paying the top price, the almost peak ceiling price point for Colin Morikawa. I mean, maybe he can get to $10,000, but you're clearly paying a little bit of a premium based on the course history and the win here last year. And then you have Brooks who has all the distance, who has two wins here in the last two, in the last three years. If you're just talking PGA championship majors, he comes into this one open at 50 to one, but what is the injury looking like? They didn't look great the last time that we ended up seeing Brooks Kepka. where he missed the cut at the Masters, and then he just missed the cut at the Byron Nelson. Now, the missed cut at the Byron Nelson, the off the tee looked good, the approach play wasn't good, and he blew up on the putter. He blew up on the greens with five strokes, almost lost four and a half to be exact. So, Brooks, for me, if I'm going to take a chance on potentially a stud who has major wins, who has distance, and is going to be maybe lower owned, in my opinion, I'm going Dustin Johnson for a little bit more than Brooks Kepka this week, just because you don't have the injury concerns. And then I'll be completely honest with you. I'm okay to fade most of the 9K range after that, early on right now. I mean, the 9K range is filled with great golfers, has a couple of top three finishes in his last outings. Webb Simpson, consistent. Patrick Reed, winning upside and a killer on Sundays, but the course is just not something I want to play around with. It's not 74 or 7,500 yards, like I said earlier, where I can rely on their putting and them just getting there. When there's six holes over 500 yards, you have to be getting birdies on those. And the guys who are more consistently going to set themselves up for not just birdies, but eagle opportunities are the guys like Bryson who can get there in three easily, right? When Patrick Reed is fighting for birdie, when Bryson is easily getting birdie and guys like Bryson and just distance in general are easily getting birdie and setting themselves for eagle opportunities over a two to four day stretch, that is really going to be limiting guys in this range. So when I'm looking at this rest of the 9K range, Hovland, Webb Simpson, 
Patrick Reed, obviously Cantley looks terrible. Four missed cuts in a row. I don't know what's going on with his game. He's not there. I'm not personally going to be saying and trying to play Galaxy Brain, oh, this is the week Cantley goes. No, I'm just not going to be going there. I'm okay to get away from the rest of this range. I mean, my only real interest is Xander, and that's why I think there's going to be a lot of ownership on him this week. And again, we spend a good amount of time on the 8K and above because that's the guys who garner the most ownership. That's the best golfers. Once we start to get to the 7 and really the 6K range, you get through it a little bit quicker. If you're still here right now with me, like, subscribe, do those things. And as we get through to this 8K range right now, there are some guys in this range who do stand out. There's a guy making his first debut here, and we can pull up right now. And as we approach the 8K range, you can see the entire 8K range on the big screen right now. You can see Cam Smith is on here. You can see Will Zalatoris and guys who have some distance, Tony Finau being one of them. Uh, Tony Finau, usually a fan favorite. Will Zalatoris usually picking up ownership. But in this range, I think it's going to be decently balanced. Scotty Scheffler, another guy playing well, can score and has distance on him. These are the guys I want. The upper 8K range stands out in a major way. And we can look at what Tony Finau right now has been doing lately over on Fantasy National. And you can see what Tony Finau is doing lately. Now, it has not been great. Three missed cuts out of his last four events. The Masters, where he normally and always plays well and sets up nicely, like he does here, in my opinion, he ends up finishing 10th. But he's just missing the cut. It's nothing catastrophic. Outside of the Valero, where he lost over four strokes, and really it was one bad hole, over four strokes off the tee, the off the tee game has been completely fine for the entire season. The Wells Fargo, he just loses on approach. Again, it's two rounds of golf if you're missing the cut, so he has two bad holes, he loses on approach, he's out of there, he doesn't make the weekend. Tony Finau, for me though, I think we can get lower ownership because of these three out of the last four events missing the cut. But there's nothing catastrophic to his game like a Patrick Cantley to scare me away from him right now. So I'm okay to go to Tony Finau in this range. I'm also okay to go to Mr. William Zalatoris, again, who's making his debut here this week. Will Zalatoris sets up as a top 10 distance player in this field. The young gun has got everything going for him right now. He's got accuracy, he's got distance. I mean, the only problem right now is that Will Zalatoris is a part and officially just on team no putt. I mean, if he can get that just dialed in a little bit, right? It's kind of Paul Casey-esque. The ball striking is absolutely fantastic. The accuracy is there right now. But four and a half strokes lost putting his last time out at the Byron Nelson, and he still finishes 17th. If he just goes net neutral, he's potentially winning that thing, right? He loses two and a half strokes the week before. He has now not gained any strokes putting in five out of his last six events. But in a lot of those events, he's finishing second at the Masters, right? While not gaining any strokes putting. He's finishing top 20s, top 10s at the Arnold Palmer. I mean, this kid is fantastic. Give us anything. Just give us one lost stroke putting. And at this price point, we can actually see a top five finish pretty easily. So Zaltors is my favorite play in this 8K range because of that distance, because of how he sets up with the ball striking. Tony Finau would then come in second for me. Scotty Scheffler, there's some scores in here. He can be up and down, but he has the distance as well for you. We finished it up in the double box right now. Bottom of the 8K range, I'm not as enamored with, and I'm not too enamored with the distance. Louis, I do think you have some upside there if he can come in lower owned but i'd rather not go to the bottom of the 8k range i'd rather just go to what is a loaded and absolutely loaded as it normally is for majors upper 7k range the seven thousand dollar and above range right now and you can see there's going to be a lot of yeses up here at this upper 7k range for me there is a ton of yeses we can go all the way up top to start with adam scott who comes into this one opening at 100 to 1 i took somebody 100 to 1 in this contest i posted it on twitter we can talk about it in the betting video adam scott is somebody that i also almost took i did not take him but he's 100 to 1 i almost took adam scott right and what we're seeing out of adam scott was not a great showing at the Masters. We don't know how it happened. You can kind of go through and find some stats on the strokes game numbers in there. They're not going to be 100% accurate. Some are decent, but it wasn't good. He lost overall seven strokes. But we saw some life before that. We saw at the Honda, him finish 13th, and he gained over seven strokes on the approach. The week before at the players, it started to trend nicely where he was gaining strokes, ball striking on approach specifically. So we saw a great outing at the Honda, and then everything fell apart, but we don't really have a clear idea how at the Masters. I like Adam Scott this week, somebody who actually has success in these types of venues and obviously has the distance on it. Adam Scott ranks right now 18th in this field in driving distance. The accuracy is going to be the major issue. So right now I have him as a yes, assuming lower ownership. If he picks up ownership, I won't be as interested in him. Answer is somebody who kind of grades out like a Hatton or a Patrick Reed, where they look good over all their games, but 7,800 yards is going to be something really difficult for an Abraham answer. Not completely out of play for me, 
but not all the way in on him. And let me get to a man that I bet at 70 to one. I do think Neiman is really good at the exact same or $100 more price point at $7,800. Obviously the game has been clicking right now. The off the tee game has been there as well, coming off of an event where he gained five strokes, two out of his last four events gaining over five strokes off the tee. Sets up nicely here. He hasn't missed a cut in his back-to-back PGA Championship appearances. But Paul Casey, a man who finished runner-up last year to Colin Morikawa at this event. Paul Casey, 70 to one I got him at. It opened 80, but it was just not there long. I don't know how long it was there. The second that I saw the odds go up, I went there. It was already down to 70 to one. I got him 70 to one. I like Paul Casey. He's just every single time you see a major, every time you see a major, oh, Paul Casey, ball striking is there. Oh, Paul Casey, the off the tee, the approach, right? All that tough stuff is there. Is he putting? Oh, he's actually putting this year. Yeah, Paul Casey's going to set up nicely. Paul Casey will continue to set up nicely when he's in the 7K range because we don't need him to win. My 70 to 1 ticket wants him to win, but you just don't need Paul Casey to actually go out there and win. Paul Casey continues to play well. Now, he had his worst putting performance of the season last time out at the Valspar. He lost 3.8 strokes putting, which was like every other week for Paul Casey last year. And he still finished 21st overall, right? Paul Casey's putter has been a lot better this year. His around the green play has been a lot better. His worst around the green performances this year are losing like a stroke instead of three or four strokes and blowing up like last year. And the approach play is dialed in. He's gained on approach every single event this season. The off the tee, he hasn't lost over a stroke in any event this year. Everything sets up nicely here. Paul Casey is normally a chalky option. If anybody in this range, I doubt it's Adam Scott, but if a Neiman, if a Paul Casey, those are the guys who stand out the most. If a Sam Burns who just won in this past week was just threatening to win yet again, if he's out there with high ownership, it's so easy to pivot in this range because there's so many lower owned high upside options like an Adam Scott to go to who sets up nicely here like a Neiman if Casey ends up picking up all the ownership at that $100 more price point. And as I keep going through this, the guy that I did bet 100 to 1 and I talked about, here's a couple of yeses right here, $100, the exact same price point right now, Gary Woodland at 7,500, Sam Burns at 7,500. I almost guarantee that Sam Burns at this exact same price point picks up more ownership, potentially double or triple the ownership as Gary Woodland. Now, why do I like Gary Woodland? Well, in the betting markets, he's 100 to 1, but because I expect him to be lower owned and he's coming off of his best overall finish and probably the best that we've seen Gary Woodland this year, last time out at the Wells Fargo. And it was the best that we've seen him this year because he was able to perform at the Wells Fargo with sustainable results. And now we saw him finish six at the Valero with a bunch of missed cuts before and after that, right? And why was that not sustainable? He gained five strokes around the green. That is not sustainable. And yes, the approach playing that type of stuff was decent, but at the Wells Fargo, he did it all across the board. Everything was consistent. Now he gained three and a half strokes, but he ended up gaining over four strokes or close to four strokes on approach. He gained over eight strokes overall, 2.7 off the tee. I feel good about him at this point and at this price point where Sam Burns is probably going to be again, double or triple the ownership because of his recent form that he has been showing. Sam Burns ended up being 10% on last time out. He's finished first and second the last two times out. Anybody just looking at the leaderboards and what he's been doing lately is going to be going Sam Burns over Gary Woodland, even with Gary Woodland's fifth place finish last time out at that Wells Fargo. I mean, goddamn, Sam Burns is a winner in a second place finish. So you can see this is a loaded range. There's easy pivots. Gary Woodland is going to probably be my favorite pivot in that entire, maybe in the entire field if he only comes in with five or 6% ownership, maybe even lower than that. You can go down through the rest of the 7K range. Some guys stand out, nothing great. Homa's got distance, he looks good. Wallace has some distance and can putt, right? Charlie Hoffman, distance. Keegan Bradley playing a lot better lately and actually putting and being consistent with his accuracy also looks fine. But those guys above them are who I like a little bit more in that range. Now let's get to the bottom of the 7K range where some guys stand out. Also, Corey Connors playing great golf lately. Not as much distance as the guys around him and I expect him to pick up some ownership because he's just been popular for the last two months. Now as we get to the bottom of the 7K range, I'd like to let you know about the sponsor of the program today and that is going to be Prize Picks. Prize Picks is just over under on props. Prize Picks is over under on fantasy points. We've been having a lot of fun with Prize Picks in the NBA and the PGA. Their PGA board is not yet up as I record this early Monday morning because the lines just came out. But you take the over under on fantasy points on props. If you use the code SAL linked down below in the description, S-A-L, they'll give you double your money in up to $100, your first deposit. So you get free money, double your money up to 100. You put 50 in, bang, you got 100 in your account. It's easy. You just take the over under on birdies on overall fantasy points. I'll have projections to help you out. We can talk about it in some videos later on in the week, but I urge you to check it out right now. There's no better deposit bonus right now than 
double your money up to $100 really anywhere in the fantasy industry. Normally it's like 50%, 25%, and maybe you get this wacky bonus that only gives you like a dollar every 10 times you play. This one is straight cash credit to be playing on the site right away up to $100. It matches you. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Use the code SAL, the link down below. Thank you, PrizePix, for sponsoring the L program today. Let's get back to the bottom of the 7K range now. Now, the bottom of the 7K range does stand out with guys like Tringali, who's been finishing really nicely lately, coming off of a missed cut, though. Champ, who sets up nicely at this event. Again, a top five, arguably the number two off the tee and distance player in this field behind Bryson. And then at $7,100, you get this man right here, Jason Kokrak, who's going to be popular, yes, but there's ways to get different, right? You just have to get different. I play in small field single entry and three maxes, right? You just have to get different in two spots if you're playing in a tournament that has less than 1,000 people. One spot if it has less than 200 people, somewhere in there, right? So if you play in those types of contests, you're playing in the 150 to $1 million, you can still play these guys, just get different elsewhere, leave three, $400 on the table and you're fine. Kokrak's been playing fantastic. He has four top 15 finishes in his last five outings. There's not much I have to tell you about Kokrak. You can see right here his recent finishes. Now the Masters, not great, a bigger event, but he did make the cut. And at this cheap of a price point, just make the cut for me, right? There's guys around him if you need decent, decent types of pivots. But Kokrak, the recent form, the distance that he has, the accuracy that he has actually sets up nicely in this price range. Now, if you want to look at pivots in the price range, there's Stringali, who's fine off the tee. If you're looking at other guys right around him, there's Cameron Champ, of course, fine off the tee, but not as good in some other areas, notably putting around the green, short game, all of that. But somebody who's interesting, who's won this year is Matt Jones, who actually has some distance, who actually can get going with the putter. And then it just comes down to, are his irons clicking or not? So Matt Jones at $7,100 is a nice same price pivot to Jason Kokrak. If you don't want to go to Cameron Champ because his other parts of his game scare you, or you don't trust Cameron Tringali, which honestly, Cameron Tringali, I think you can trust. He might actually come in higher owned than a Kokrak. I wouldn't doubt it. So in this range right now, I'd rank it as it stands. Kokrak, Tringali, Matt Jones, Cameron Champ at the bottom of the 7K range. Now we can kind of go through a little bit quicker through the 6K range. Major pricing. So there's going to be major championship pricing. So there's going to be nice options in this 6K range. There's going to be some yeses. Stewart Sink right now grades out as a strong option, right? The off the tee has not been good overall when it comes to the accuracy portion, but the distance is there and he's placing very nicely lately. He ended up finishing fourth here when he played three years ago. So he stands out as a yes for me. There's other options in this range, like Charles that you can go to. There's Cameron Davis who's playing nicely lately. Palmer will give you some distance, just not as consistent in some other areas of his game. And then as you continue to go down, there's not much, right? There's not much below $6,800. There's names of course, right? But there's guys like Kevin Streelman. There's guys like Carol Varner, who's very inconsistent, but actually has the ball striking to get you there. What does he do in the short game? The guy that I'm going to like, and I'm always liking this guy, $6,600. You get the major pricing Lanto. Lanto, who has distance. Lanto, if he can knock down some putts, will be very nice for you. Lanto, who is coming off of his best event probably in the last two months. He came off a of back-to-back missed cuts at the Masters and the Valspar. Finished 26 at the Wells Fargo by gaining strokes everywhere. The approach finally came back. The putter came back after two or three events of not gaining anything there. So if the putting's back, if the off the tee is now still clicking, it's been clicking all season, but the approach is black. Lanto's game at $6,600 actually sets up nicely here, especially when you take into account that Lanto Griffin's driving is actually solid. Lanto Griffin right now in this field ranks out is right around a top 30, top 35 golfer when it comes to just his driving distance. The issue then becomes the accuracy. He's not an accurate driver. So that's the one issue when he's going to be going driver a little bit more on a lot of these par fives on a lot of these holes that are over 500 yards. So there's going to be distance there. Is it accurate? He is good when it comes to proximity. He is a decent scrambler, a little bit of a skewed stat though. So Lanto at $6,600 is probably my favorite lowest priced guy this week. Other pivots in that range right next to Lanto. I don't think a lot of ownership comes here, but you have Taylor Gooch, you have Harold Varner, like we talked about. Below $6,500, Joel Damon's probably my favorite option down here as Joel Damon had a top 10 finish last year at this event. As Joel Damon just stands out as a really, I mean, massively underpriced guy. If you told me guys like Lanto was above $7,000, you told me Joel Damon was around $7,000, I believe you based on the way that he's been playing lately and also course history, which does give bumps normally on DraftKings. He won the Corrales, the Corral overseas. He finished 18th at the Wells Fargo a couple of weeks back where he played well everywhere. 
off the tee approach. He has distance in this field and he has the best below $6,500 golfer, arguably the best below $7,000 golfer right there with Lonto in this field for me right now. Tom Lewis is a pivot, not something I'm looking at all that much, but ranks top 50, especially for the price point, 150 plus golfers, ranks top 50 off the tee, which sets up nicely here. But Damon's the best option. Other than that, the cheapest I would go is Aaron Ray, if you want to go there, smaller sample, but has fared well in the WGCs and some of these loaded fields and smaller field events. And then also, if you want to go down to JT Poston, I wouldn't do it. The putter's there. You're seeing the off the tee click lately, but I wouldn't personally go down there. That's the lowest I would go. $6,100 JT Poston. But if we're talking my small field single entry lineups, the ones that have the most of my exposure, I'm probably not going below this week, Joel Damon. I actually like getting to Joel Damon. There's a chance I get there. I think that going to one to two studs up top makes a lot of sense this week just because of how loaded the 7K range is. Get to two studs and honestly fill out the rest of your lineup with four 7K guys, maybe one 6K guy, three 7K guys, and you're looking really good. So many pivots in the 7K range that you don't have to worry about ownership, in my opinion, as much when you can get a Gary Woodland at maybe 5% owned, or you can get a Adam Scott at 5% owned. That really makes your overall total lineup ownership, especially if you're not playing in the Millie Maker, a lot lower. It makes you unique and allows you to win. When you win, win solo or split with less people. So thank you for tuning in. My voice is still a little bit hoarse. I'm dealing with some things. I've got the cough drops here. I'm trying to get through this. Thank you for tuning in to the PGA Championship. First video of the week, the preview, going through the salaries where my early interests lie. We'll have my final top eight overall plays video out and my betting video out later this week later on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So be sure to tune into those. Like, subscribe before you go, especially if this reaches a new audience of golf fans. We'll be covering the NBA playoffs. The play-in games start on Tuesday. We'll be getting DFS videos out for all of those and live streams throughout the week. And then as we get into the months of June, July, and August, the NFL season is coming around oh so quick. So thank you for spending your time watching and consuming this video and or podcast. Like, subscribe before you go and support the sponsor of the program today. I did not really shout out much of my tools, but I do have projections, drinks, a golf optimizer. I have ownership projections. We have top plays and player pools, all that type of stuff, not only for PGA for this week, which is going to be very beneficial, but the NBA, MMA, MLB, and a lot of other sports. Check it all out. Link down below on my Patreon. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you all in the next one.